0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money & Investing show. This week we are tackling the dichotomy, if you will, between economic statistics and economic facts. Are they the same thing or are they not? You're going to find this quite interesting to look at both the positive and the negative columns and get a gauge where we, as professional investors, see these markets going. I know you're going to enjoy the show and I'll see you in the show. Hey guys, welcome on to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host Andrew Baxter. And as always, my Offsider, Mr. Mitchell Orientiel. Mr. Faithful Offsider, Andrew Baxter, thank you for having me
1: on the show. And the economist that you are, I really need to get your take on a few things today. If you wouldn't mind, you'll probably get rolled up. We'll probably have our, our listeners confused. Irrational
0: economics the topic for today, the disconnect between what's going on versus the numbers. Well, it's a very good subject, isn't it? Because you know if you look at the economic statistics versus the economic reality, they seem to paint very much conflicting opinions and perceptions of what's going on. So let's break it down because I think to be able to invest, you've got to have confidence. And the only way to have confidence is to have a higher level of certainty. And when you've got this morass of statistics saying one thing and anecdotal evidence telling you something else, there is something of a conflict in there. So this will be an interesting one. That's for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's really quite peculiar because there's a couple of positives and negatives that we can touch on. However, they're kind of at both ends of the spectrum. And I guess there's a lot of confusion thus far.
0: Why is that and what, what's going on? Mm. Look, it, it is a challenging time for investors to really confidently plant the flag because you know, what we're seeing in terms of statistics are painting a very strong picture in one way. Yeah, we can talk about consumer confidence. We can talk about interest rates being at record lows. We can talk about inflation being at record lows. And yet, if we look at anecdotally, we've got high levels of unemployment In reality inflation is far higher than the advertised figure and you've got effectively a a, a, a direct unemployment rate, a real unemployment rate of about 13% and arguing that against record and strong consumer confidence. It's very unusual set of circumstances, that's how, for sure. How does that actually happen? If people aren't employed, they shouldn't have any money. So why are they feeling confident enough where they can go and spend? Well, that might be where we conclude things. Let's dive in, <laughs> a, little, let's dive in a little bit on this. So, I mean, you know, if we break this down into two sort of columns, positives, negatives, and trying to explain what the difference is. And, and, and on the negative side, you know, we're looking at unemployment, um, real yeah. unemployment. And I guess we've got to clarify what that term is. Sure. Yes, I'm an economist. Most people listening to this won't be. And so we're going to keep this in very simple terms not to be condescending but to open the door to what this really is real unemployment includes things like underemployment so right now in australia if you have paid employment and you work one hour a week or one hour a month you are deemed as being employed Yet, one hour a week or one hour a month is such a long, long way away from being actually employed. Employed should be full-time or part-time work, not an hour every now and then in exchange for money. So, you know, you can easily get tied up on the definitions of what a job actually is. You know, common sense would tell you, you know, a part-time job of 20 hours a week or a full-time job of 40 hours a week plus that's real that's employed, work. sure. An hour or two a week. Oh, come on. you We're no. getting here. So what's the real rate of unemployment in that case? Around about thirteen and a half percent. Wow. Yeah, that's I, a lot. I heard an interview this morning with, uh, I think it was uh, the, the, the CEO of ACOS, um, and, and she was talking about, um, effectively, for every single job applicant, uh, uh, job availability, there are 12 applicants right now. That's crazy. So 12 people going for every single job that's out there in the marketplace. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that. And we've been yeah. interviewing, we've seen what the quality of the job market looks like, there's some good talent out there, there's an awful lot of dross as well. There is. Um, you know, and also you know, legislation that's been brought in to um, attract people back into the workforce, Government subsidy to do that. Been very orientated around young people, to get young people in the workforce, and I'm a huge advocate for that. But by bringing in financial incentives to hire young people over older people, Effectively, what you've got is a government sanctioned discrimination based on age. You can't even ask someone's age in an interview. It's not a legal question to ask under Fair Work Law uh, what, how old somebody is in an interview. Yet now, if they're under a certain age, you're going to get a subsidy for employing them versus someone that's older. And it's an extraordinary move. Now, I understand why it's been done, get the young people in the workforce, but it's at the expense of older employees. It's not a level playing field, which is, again, uh, probably subject that we could go off piece on sure. and, and discuss ad, 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 ad nauseam. But the reality is 12 applicants for every job that's out there and yet you've got on the other side of the equation sort of booming consumer confidence. So there's a disconnect that's there in the first instance and that's just looking at one negative, which is unemployment.
1: Certainly, it's, uh, it's definitely quite weird, that's for sure. And to park that now to the side and mm. say transition more into the employer's point of view, mm. there's a lot of business uncertainty when you can't even ask someone's age to see if you qualify for a subsidy, it makes things awfully confusing. What's mm. your perspective
0: on that? But business uncertainty, any business um, is orientated about, or any successful business, let's put it It's the reason why most businesses fail because they're not forward looking. Um, <laughs> when you're driving a your car, you want to look through the windscreen of what's coming towards you. And and you've got to be looking further down the road than immediately in front of the bonnet. And running a business is very much the same. You you can't be focused on day-to-day, week-to-week. You've got to be looking at several months and probably a year in reality. Going out past a year in the current economy is pretty tricky to do. But you've got to have some sort of plan in play that you can at least pivot from. Yet when you're dealing with the set of economic conditions that we have right now in the COVID and post-COVID environment uh, with elections uh, around the world and and state-based elections here in Australia, border closures, borders opening, borders closing and all of those sorts of things, it becomes very, very difficult to be able to plant the flag and say this is our business plan for the next six to 12 months with any level of confidence. Now you may have a very nimble business that can pivot quickly and and twist and turn but if you're running a business of size you've got to have a plan that's six twelve months down the, down the track albeit with the ability to pivot in the short term very very hard to do that with the array of information that you have available Uh, to you uh, and also with the way that the economy is positioned right now. So there's an enormous uncertainty, which is a huge negative for
1: business, huge negative. And I think we've seen that reflected in the stock market, because if you think during this pandemic, all the rage, tech stocks, Zoom, Amazon, Google going bananas, their share prices going through the roof. All of a sudden Pfizer comes out with their 90% effective drug and all Mm. of a sudden our economically sensitive stocks are back in business again because we're opening up. Things can change awfully quickly. Yeah. How do we adapt
0: to that? It, it's hard, but I mean, th- th- that's looking at a global perspective. Let's make it something really simple. Let's say you need to move premises and you're about to sign a new lease and you're looking to expand your business. Do you go for bigger premises or not? Because how certain are you that you're gonna need that 20% or 30% more floor space? And these are the the nitty gritty decisions at the, at the the at the small and medium sized business level that you have to contend with. Yeah, you can be on the hook for a three five seven ten year lease on space but how many people do you actually are you going to require in a year it's pretty hard you need the wisdom of solomon to work like that out, <laughs> yeah, and that's part of the joys of being a business owner anyone that's self-employed knows any reason you want to become self-employed is so you can work more than 40 hours a week not less than it sure and so these are the challenges that face business owners and that's just one small thing add to that as you said um, you know the, the the Pfizer story that there's a 90 percent cure rate on this um, if you're in tourism and hospitality does that mean you're back to the races and everything's open but then you've got a state premier that says no we're not going to let you come anyway even though there's this going on it's incredibly difficult to traverse those waters and it's, and it's i think it's going to account for a lot of and i so seriously hope that i'm wrong on this and that is that the amount of mental illness and psychological damage done to people in this uncertain environment um, particularly for small business owners that are trying to do their best to, to, to keep the show on the road, um, to, to employ their staff, whether that's through the support of JobKeeper, or, or, or whether it's through other means, just trying to keep the show on the road and moving forward in this massive uncertainty where, look, if you're a business owner and you make some bad decisions and you're out of business, well that's on you, and that's the, it's a big boys game, that's the nature of it. Sure. But if you're out of business because someone's just decided, no tourists. It's uh, tough. It's pretty tough. It's pretty tough, particularly if it's a unilateral state decision as opposed to something that's for a greater good. So that uncertainty is really what I'm driving at, and and we're not even looking at the big macro outlook out there in in, in the really, really big world. This is just the small stuff that trips businesses up. So again, there's a huge negative, that negative business uncertainty, that that lack of security as to what's going on. Sure, and what about, let's say, interest
1: rates and inflation? Because you could argue argue both sides on those. Inflation, I think you mentioned 0.7%. Is that a healthy rate? That's quite (laughs) low. And then interest rate's almost at zero. Great for the borrower. If you've
0: got a cash in the bank, different story. Right. So let's take inflation. You know, we saw um, inflation actually go negative in the last quarter and it's just bounced back. So we're looking at an annualized 0.7%. But in reality, and and I'll throw this challenge open to any of our listeners right now, how does your cost of living look today versus last year? Exactly the same. Or more? Or more. if If you take, for example, filling up your car, with fuel. And that may not be something that goes into the inflation calculation. But in most instances, certainly in, in, in where we are here uh, in, in Southeast Queensland, you know, $1.35, $1.40 a litre for fuel is still the norm, even though oil prices are only $35, $40 a barrel. So that, that drop in commodity prices hasn't brought fuel prices down. So the cost of running your car is still there. If you're someone that's needing, and if we talk very specifically about here on the Gold Coast for a moment, you know, the property market, we're told one in seven properties are sitting vacant right now, okay, and, and tenants are on a holiday from London to pay rent. Yeah, and I just had lunch with someone today uh, that, that was talking about their property portfolio that the rent account. And, and literally, there is no stock to rent. Rents are through the roof. Again, that's not something that's necessarily going to work its way through. Into the inflation figure but rents are generally pretty high in this locale as they are in a number of other places around the sure. shop maybe not in inner city apartments it's a bit weaker but certainly that sort of thing so that real cost of living for people if you if, you, if you're going to go to the grocery store it's not cheaper than it was last year it's no. going to be more expensive um yeah by and large inflation is way beyond 0.7 percent a year what's your prediction of what it actually is sorry to throw a curveball at you yeah. I think you're probably looking at 35 to 4% if you were to include within the basket, the stuff that's not in the basket. Sure. And you know, anecdotally, you can look at different things and I mean everyone's got a different barometer. If you're a smoker, you probably look at a packet of smokes. If you look at a slab of beer, uh, these things only continue to go up in price. Okay? And okay, there's a fair bit of tax in there as well, but they only go up in price. So why isn't that reflected through inflation? So on the headline, inflation looks relatively low, you think, how good's that? We We've got interest rates at 0.1 uh 0.1 uh, being the, basically zero being effectively zero so the rba have cut rates um to what end i don't know because effectively the cut from 0.25 to where they are now is so immaterial it makes like two dollars a week difference on a hundred grand loan assuming it's been passed on by the bank um you know that it, it really has no material impact what it does is make it cheaper for people to borrow but if you're a business borrower, if you take nap for example, which, as far as the big four are concerned, is the, is the bank that focuses on business banking more than anyone, sure. more business banking than anyone. Um, you know, as 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 a business borrower, are you going to be more inclined to borrow at point 0.1 versus 0.25 when you've got such a murky outlook? Probably not it's, not. it's not doing enough. To stimulate that what it may well do is continue to prop up and push the property market which is enjoying that bulletproof run even though we've got no overseas buyers and we've got unemployment effectively at 13 we've still got a property market that's pushing higher that's what i want to chat about next mm-hmm. this property market i mean talking anecdotally
1: southeast queensland is going bananas not man. just
0: southeast queensland i mean it's almost a universal <laughs> thing
1: you know we just had a friend that sold his property for you know quite an exuberant price way beyond the scope of what you'd think mm-hmm. is that because purely on rates or is it just because people want to live in houses Look, it's a
0: combination of factors at play there, um, and, and, and certainly the cost of borrowing is next to nothing, I mean, money is, money is effectively Almost free, free. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's so cheap to borrow right now, and this is a very dangerous trap where you're encouraging people into the honeypot, borrow it's cheap and all the rest of it, and maybe you, and we've discussed this in previous podcasts, you know, borrow as much as you can, it's certainly cheap. The challenge is when rates start to move up, whether that's in two, three, four, five years' time, all of a sudden, that that loan becomes very, very heavy to start to pay back if you've overgeared. And, you know, there's talk of the banks peeling back their responsible lending legislations to make it easier for people to borrow to stimulate the economy. But are we just pushing our economy ahead on an already overpriced property market? And that would be a very, very dangerous thing to do. It's very fragile. Um, and, And that's certainly been one of the net impacts of those lower rates. So you know inflation is definitely higher than what it is interest rates are certainly very very low and there's no room for the RBA to move and that last cut I think it was already priced in the market if it hadn't happened I think we'd have seen a weaker market but the reality is what are you hoping to achieve by cutting rates even further because the actual real difference you're talking two dollars it's not large. on a hundred grand for every hundred grand it's, it's so insignificant it's not going to be a major factor it's almost just a, a headline for the sake of it we've got unemployment where you've got 12 applicants for every job 13.3 percent real unemployment these are all really big negatives now that's i hate negatives so let's move let's go oh, all right what we're seeing is record consumer confidence and record consumer spending and stocks like harvey's kogan uh you know template Webster, all of these online businesses have been making an absolute killing through the COVID crisis, because people have been, you know, more time at home, improving their home and spending money like it's gone out of fashion. And even if you're borrowing to do that, it doesn't matter because your borrowing costs are next to nothing. So what you've got is incredibly strong consumer activity, um, which is a big positive. You want to see that. You want to see yourself try and spend your way out of recession. And it's not just spending, which is also interesting to see. We're also seeing. Um, you know, the amount of credit card debts actually dropped by about 25% this year. Which is great. It's a big positive. i like to say that hey, credit card debt is a terrible insidious thing, so seeing people get that paid down is, is, is good news. The question is, okay, so we talked about you know, the, 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 um, the consumer spending. We've got a red-hot property market again, and look, a strong property market is always good. It's better to have a strong property market than a weak one sure. in terms of your overall economic strength. But what is pushing this along and where is the, the pause button on this? One in seven properties empty, okay? You've got um, the ability of your tenant to fall on hardship and not pay your rent for six months. Yields have dropped through the floor. You've got a lot of businesses gone to water. Consi- uh, you know, commercial properties opened up, yet we're seeing this property price just continue. To it's market totally market. irrational, it makes absolutely no sense. Is this the final
1: blow off, I wonder? I wonder, where's that psychological level hmm. where it stops? And we can almost say the same about the stock market. That's been off to the races. Post-election, Joe Biden getting in is great. Amongst a few other things, vaccine news. I mean, we've had great results this week on some of our
0: long positions. What's your take? Absolutely, money has to go somewhere. Holding cash is not an investment asset. It's either going to property, it's going to go into shares, which is that oil and water. Uh, that you see most trouble as investors look at. And, and, and look, I mean, the election outcome uh, wasn't necessarily what I expected. Um do you know, Biden, assuming this is the case, which certainly <laughs> looks to be at the moment, um, uh, assuming you've got a, a, a president-elect, Joe Biden, you've also got the possibility of a Republican Senate. So you've got to check and balance. You're a Democratic president, but a Republican Senate. And what that's going to do um, is create the impasse where, and it's the same issue that Barack Obama had, uh, where it's going to be very, very hard to pass a lot of controversial legislation because you don't have control of that house, and that's actually very good. It's more certain, right? Well, in, in regards to some of the policies put forward in the pre-election campaigns from, from, from Joe Biden, that notion of high taxing is unlikely to get through a Republican-controlled house. Sure. And this is part of the reason why the markets responded okay to it, because tax rising never gets markets, but the fact that there's a safety catch preventing it in Congress is, is likely to be the thing that's helped propel markets. Yeah, and, and, and second to that, you know, I've been you know, a fairly vocal uh, supporter uh, of Donald Trump, but let's face it, You know, when you've got a market that is buffeted around on a tweet by tweet, you just don't know what you're going to deal with next. It's unprecedented in terms of the volatility. It's crazy. And as a trader, in a way, I'm going to be quite relieved to see the end of that. What's happened overnight. <sighs> Big deep breath. For no reason. No more tweets. Yeah. So I think you know, in that respect, a little bit of more normality. Returning to things, I think it's actually quite a positive too. So, this is all on the positive side um, in that ledger. And, and that affects us here in Australia, obviously, because even though it's the US market, you know, the dog legs the tail and we're affected with the tail in that
1: relationship. Absolutely. Thanks for that. That's a great insight. The, unpacking that, AB, there's, there's a lot of a lot of negatives as we touched mm. on at the start, but also plenty of positives going on. And as we said at the start, totally irrational. Mm. So, to conclude the, the broadcast, I want to throw a curveball to mm. you and ask you one final question. What's the fix? What's
0: the answer here moving forward? i just want to break this apart, and in, in, in the difficulty, and I've been around markets for a long time, and every every day and every year, this is the enduring thing of being in this industry as you're beginning to learn, is that every day is a fresh challenge, and there's something different. The pieces on the chessboard have moved slightly, sometimes they're in similar places, but they're always different. And in, in this regard, and this is why it's quite challenging, the negatives more than outweigh the positives by quite some margin so you've got to ask yourself how can you have all of this on the negative side of the scale yet see all this positivity over here and and you wonder and 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 the talk is wait till JobKeeper is phased out early next year and you wonder how much of this positive column is being propelled by JobKeeper in which case really it's a smoke and mirrors recovery because when that, that 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 cash is pulled out what's then going to happen we can't spend and we can't be confident surely. For people in that situation, most definitely not personally speaking, I don't agree with JobKeeper at all, uh, And uh, but it's it, it served its purpose in terms of potentially smoothing out um, the, the, the nature of, of the pullback and the recession that we were in and officially we're now not in a recession. I don't think, again going back to economic figures, the definition of a recession can't be GDP. It's got to be. How do people feel? How have, have they got jobs? Are they optimistic about the future? That's the difference between a recession and and and, and, uh, and an economic growth, not just a simple GDP figure. Where if it's down or up, that's the end of your recession. Because by no means, for a lot of businesses out there that are flailing around trying to get through, um, yeah, we're not out of recession by a long, long way. And that's the danger of just focusing on a statistic versus anecdotally what's going on. The big focus, as I say, has been a lot on job keeper, and also to an extent on job seeker, where there's been a, an overpayment. Uh, for want of a better description, I think it's about $25 a week uh, or $25 a day, I beg your pardon, sure. um, that goes into the pockets of those people that are on job seeker, uh, And you wonder when that starts to normalise and gets reduced to maybe uh, an extra $10 a day and eventually goes back to the, the previous level, which is about 40 bucks a day, I think, or $45 a day. People are saying, you know, that's not enough to live on. And my view as someone that's a free marketeer is that to get a balance out in the labour market, you've got to make it very, very uncomfortable to be unemployed. Sure. and that's not to say that people are milking this. I know people that are as you do, as everyone does, right? Sure. The people that are milking, you job know, JobKeeper especially, it's just it's hideous the way that, that that that's been exploited by people that are unscrupulous and there are a lot of genuine beneficiaries from it too. But if you remove that safety net and you get to an equilibrium, it's it's so painful to be in this situation, you'd do virtually anything to be over here. Part of that will maybe even add a labour market and I would hope if someone's a free market here that it establishes some form of equilibrium in terms of hourly rate because our hourly rate at the the unskilled level in markets here in Australia is too high, Sure, that's brought about by the cost of living which apparently is only rising by 0.7%, you and I both know it's not, so see a drop down. Uh, in that minimum wage level, you get people unemployed back into the workforce, it's easy to employ people. You're also getting government subsidies if they're young enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's, uh, that's, that's, that's potentially our way out. But you know, if, if this whole positive column here is being propped up on the optimism of a government handout called JobKeeper, it needs to be scrapped and we need to face our medicine now. Well, let's hope that's not the case. And let's hope we do recover because that's what we all want to see.
1: Not no. only surviving, but thriving. Absolutely. As easy as that sounds. Look, we are at the end of the broadcast now, AB. There's a lot to unpack in there. and There's plenty of good points that you've made, a lot of numbers as well, and statistics.
0: What's your final words for the broadcast? Look, I always try to see things as the most optimistic um, that they are, and it's about making hay while the sun shines. And I see asset classes, real assets, property shares doing particularly well. That's where you have to be invested. If you're sitting this out because you're thinking it's going to come crashing down, you're going to miss the biggest game in town until it happens you've got to be in it it's as simple as that you know i go back to there's a couple of us economists one in particular you know, that's been calling for a crash in the market now for nearly 20 years and one day he'll be right but all of his disciples that have followed that have missed out on the boom times where they're waiting for the market to fall don't be looking at the negative column too hard hook your colors onto the positive the train's going if not gone get on it make some money for yourself but be aware of risk management so that you know when things cut up and they start to get a little bit rough you're not going down with the ship you can you can get out and, uh, and position yourself accordingly. And that requires, of course, you know, some level of education. But the you know, positive side at the moment is well outweighing. The negative side, let's hope it stays that way. But let's hope it's positive for real, organic, inbuilt, sustainable reasons, rather than simply you know, that uh, defibrillator of the government subsidy pumping it up. I really hope it's not that.
1: Sure, great advice, great points. Thanks very much, AV. You heard it here first, cheers. Always a pleasure, Mitch,
0: thanks very much. So there you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating, and we'll look forward to seeing you at Money & Investing next week.